0: Hello, friends. I am Corey the Joy, and this is Stacking Pennies. Obviously, because you just clicked on it, we're gonna get in some good stuff today. We're gonna break down the fight, Sam Mayer, Ty Gibbs, Xfinity race, Truck race, Cup race, all things Martinsville, as well as dig into some stuff with my buddy Sam Hunt, Xfinity Series owner, who always has some good stories. Wait no further. Here we go. Let's get into Stacking Pennies. <laughs> Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking pennies. All right, all right, guys. It is a big day for stacking pennies. Martinsville Review, but I am joined by Virginia's Finest. Good friend of mine, owner of the 24 and 26 Xfinity Series car, Mr. Sam Hunt.
1: What's going on, guys? Happy to be here, especially with some familiar faces.
0: Yep. Happy to have you part of the show for the opening little bit to uh, catch up on what's going on over at Sam Hunt Racing, LLC Enterprises, as well as always, Pit Road Boats and was Analyst Ryan Flores. Way
2: nicer to have Sam here than Merriman.
0: No doubt. But unfortunately, he is, the, he is in the bathroom uh, waiting to jump back in in the next segment. We will get to his ice cold take shortly. And last but not
3: least, as always, Mr. Chuck Bush. Hey! Yeah, Merriman's up stocking the fridge with his ice cold takes. That's what he is right now. <laughs> we need the kegerator to, yeah, uh, yeah, to house yeah. all
0: those things. I'm sure we can dig up some ice cold takes from him this week. Uh, actually, I think he might have – did he choose the right guy that won the race? He probably – I feel like he did a good
3: job this week, but
0: – I think so. Uh, but no, but nonetheless, we have a lot uh, to cover from particularly the Friday night race at, uh, at Martinsville. That was probably the most excitement of the weekend because they handed out five clocks this weekend, Chuck. Five? Five. They had – one for the Truck Series winner, one for the Xfinity Series winner, one for the Cup Series winner, and two clocks to Sam Mayer's face.
4: Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sam Mayer or Sam Hunt, rather. Well, Sam Mayer was on the podcast last week. He did not have he a was. good weekend. He was in contention to win that Dash for Cash hundred grand, uh, and moved the fifty four Tyrone Gibbs, and uh, you know stuff got a little crazy. You were there. You had a fairly long night with your twenty six Toyota Camry, uh, but. Overall, not just talking about Martinsville,
1: how is it going? I think it's going as good as it probably could be. Like, take good with a grain of salt because it's so up and down. But I mean, rewind two years from now. And I I feel like we've done a lot and we've come a long way. You know, a lot of good people have gotten involved and we've grown a little bit and kind of stayed true to what we've always believed in and what I believed in. So I'd say things are good. I think. Things are looking up. You know, we've got good partners, you know, joining the team. We've got good drivers. Um, you know, it's it's obviously a, a rotation of guys, which is cool, but it's a challenge at the same time. Um, but, no, things things are good. I mean, we just, we led our first race at Phoenix with with John Hunter, which was really cool. Um, ran in the top five there. And, you know, I've been pretty solid all year. So, um, things are good. So, we we spread the love often about just having uh,
0: Cup Series winners on here. We had the Dash for Cash winner on Sam Mayer last week, but generally speaking, we don't really hear from other guys outside the outside the cockpit. So the fact that you and I are buddies had the opportunity to uh, to get you on the show this week, which I was super pumped up about. My favorite Sam Hunt story that's able to be on record is how you got your starting car owning. Because it was not voluntary. And it, it was also relative because one of the other characters in this story won the Xfinity race on Friday night. Shall you say the story or shall I say the story? Because it's one of my favorite
1: ones. Yeah, I'll I'll give you at least my perspective on it. I know you were with me during the time and our buddy Brandon, Brandon McReynolds recites it anytime I'm around him because <laughs> he was the other guy there. But no, basically, what was it? Ten years ago, we ran... What was it called? The, the Battle, Battle of the, at the beach. beach. Yeah, it was uh it was a short track race on the backstretch of Daytona International Speedway. You know, here's me, I've got my KN car that we built at home and it, it was a small, humble effort. I was a mediocre race car driver at best, but it was cool. Like it was live TV, it was national TV. Um, you know, for, for me as an 18 year old, not knowing what I didn't know, it was really exciting. So we built this car. We went down there and, um, you know, practiced mediocre as expected. Um, but then in qualifying, you know, that was one of those races where half the guys made the race, half the guys didn't. It was a short track, so they only started 22, 28 cars. So, really, for me, the ultimate goal was qualify for the race, which would have been just really cool. Which I did. I did. Yeah. Um, so, we were on our qualifying lap, make the race. Excited, you know, still... You know, probably made it by three spots, so reality set in that we had a long way to go. But um So, one, I'll, I'll continue the
0: story. I'll take the ball and run Yeah, it. take it. So, one of the guys who did not qualify, won well, the Xfinity Series race this weekend, Brandon Jones. He was driving for Turner Motorsports, had all the stuff, except the starting position because he didn't make it in on time. We are all, all the drivers that are qualified for the race are in, like, the driver introduction lane. And he was, you know, like you said, a couple from the back. So, he was one of the first ones to go up. My man goes up to the stage and they say, Driving the eighteen car, Brandon Jones. And he's looking around. And then they tell him that Brandon Jones bought his car.
1: Did oh. you own it? So this is the yeah I mean, It is a family deal. Yeah, okay. So So it was it like eighteen I didn't car? No, but you know, my my dad had the relationship with J D, so the eighteen was kind of a tribute and
0: so talk to a little bit about that. You guys have a, a Toyota, uh, I see Toyota on your hat and on your shirt, but you have a, a bit of a good relationship uh, stemming back from Canon days with, with Gibbs.
1: Yeah, so a lot of people don't realize J.D. Gibbs was a defensive back at William & Mary University, um, you know, back before the NASCAR days. And my dad was a college football player, played at Tennessee Chattanooga, his best friend, you know, strong safety. My dad played free safety, Russ Huseman. After college, they both moved to Williamsburg, Virginia. Russ was, I think, defensive coordinator at William & Mary. J.D. happened to be a defensive back. Uh, dad helped out with the defensive backs, had player dinners, kind of a mentorship deal. Um, and out of that random group of defensive backs that were 19 years old, J.D. Gibbs was was one of those guys. So, um, you know, my dad got to know J.D. in a very non-racing Football relationship mentorship and um you know JD obviously graduated moved on with with his life in racing we you know my dad wasn't a racer I don't come from a racing family so once I kind of caught the bug and things got a little more serious for me as a driver that relationship kind of rekindled through Russ Huseman, who's now the head coach at University of Richmond um, so you know I was able to go down talk to JD. Go to him for advice, see how he treated his people, you know, how he went about his business, which was really cool, really special to me and something I, you know, try to, you know, live out now as a, a car owner of a much smaller organization. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of where the 18 number came from. Eventually, we gave the 18 number back to Ty when he got to the, I guess, now Arkham Menard series. Um, but that night it was not me in the 18. Um, it was, it was Brandon. So, uh, I actually didn't have a phone or any sort of communication on me. So I went across the stage and and they didn't say my name and I figured they had just messed up the lineup or the, the rundown or whatever you call it. So I kind of dusted it off and said, okay, let's just go back to the impound where the race car is. It's about time to strap in. Um, so I walk over to the impound and I see legs hanging out the windows of the car. I see seat molds on the roof. Um, still have had no communication from anyone. Probably not a good sign of what's going on. And I was like, dang, I I know I'm not that good. I know I'm not that good, but I didn't think I was that bad. (laughs) And, um, you know, Brandon was over there and I started to put together, you know, the pieces and, and finally one of the guys that helped me out, um, found me and grabbed me and was like, Hey buddy, you're not driving tonight. And, uh, so like, that mean? was the start of all this. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? I'm not driving. He's like, yeah, you know, you're, uh, you're sick for the evening. Um, you need to leave the facility. And, uh, if you want to go to college, we got to pay for, um, <laughs> so <laughs> wait, they're going to pay me how much for this? Yeah. No, no, wait, wait, so yeah. it,
3: I can go to college.
1: And, not ra- okay, and, okay.
0: and that is how Sam hunt racing, Started. You had a. Well, okay. Fast forward from that moment. Yeah. You've had some success lately with John Hunter driving, rotating band of guys, Jeffrey Earnhardt, Ryan Truix, amongst some others. You had a front
1: row seat. Did you
0: have a front row seat to the Ty Gibbs incident this weekend?
1: I did. That was. Um kind of the highlight of our weekend, you know, we got I think wrecked, that was the highlight of everybody's week wrecked two or three times. I hated it for Derek. Cause he, he actually drove a good race, but you, you know how it goes there. So we're, we're halfway demoralized. Um, but then the camaraderie in front of our pit box started. <laughs> so we all kind of just pulled out popcorn yeah. rather than coming yeah. down off the box. We just kind of pulled out popcorn and, um, you know, I kind of assumed nothing was going to escalate past name calling and, and shoving. And, um, and then bam, out of nowhere, you know, tied through his punch and, and it was on. You have an
0: interesting perspective and a viewpoint on it because it's hard to, I, I've been it. I did serious earlier today. You hear all the call in and, and like people are judging what transpired on Friday night without having any clue what it's like to be in that moment, to be in a competitively fueled, uh, night, you lay, you lay your, your everything on the table for a win for a hundred grand, And Ty, being 19 years old, saw a little bit of red. He probably did some things he regrets this week. And we'll talk about that later in the show, Chuck. But everybody that has a really strong opinion on it has never worn a helmet. What is your opinion on what transpired?
1: Yeah, so obviously I was a football player, um, played my entire life. And actually had an opportunity to go play the Naval Academy and and still thought I was going to be a race car driver. So made that wrong decision. Um, But, you know, we're we're taught. As football players, like never take your helmet off, you know, end of the game, shaking hands, helmets always on um, in case something were to happen. What I what I saw was, you know, Ty went over, had words, Sam had words, came over and started pushing them. The only thing I did see is Ty kept reaching for his Hans device like he was. Trying to get He it was off. trying to get it off, and it was just push after push. And it was like, finally, he was like, I don't care that the helmet's still on. Um, I'm swinging. So if you look at the footage, and Janie Buford
3: caught this on camera. When they get out of the car at first, when Ty goes over to him first, Sam is taking his helmet off, and Ty reaches over and shoves him as he's taking his helmet off. And that's what sent him back over, over after ties, so that first shove is one of those like alright he's taking his helmet off to talk it out yeah and then you shove him then like with football wanna, but I see with me okay. it's like alright there's a difference between if both have their helmets on it's okay if one's helmet is off and one is on then it's like you've got a defenseless person here and he went after him when he was taking
1: his helmet off so he's in a defenseless position in a sense yeah I think I think they saw red. Like I think I think Ty saw red, you know, everything else, logic, yeah. whatever it was, went yeah. out the window and and it, it was on from there. Um Dude, there's a
0: lot on the line. I mean you're racing for a clock. Now everybody has to take into context how Ty thought the entire last lap or turn three and four went, he can only see through his windshield. He doesn't have the upper outside lens view that we're all all of us else are watching, right? Because the one the 10 actually hit the 1 into the 54, started the whole thing, and then they get hooked together. The 1 and the 54, right front, left front, got hooked together. They both stuffed it in the fence. So, Ty thinks that he just
2: got run all over and not know the full picture. And then the snowball starts rolling out. Of He's control. also frustrated because the the restarts before, you know, the one car was almost, like, if you listen to the radio, the one car was almost more concerned with driving into his door than he was racing him in turn one. Yeah. So there, So, there was frustration there, but...
0: And those guys have, have been racing together for four or five years in the Arctic
2: Series. Yes, and they've, they've got, been rivals. They've had run the in long before. history. Yeah, long yeah. history. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they're like twelve years old. They've been racing yeah. since they've been seven. The one, the one problem with Ty Gibbs and and uh, you know we've seen a little bit working with Austin and you hear Dale Jr. Guys like that talk about it, right? He doesn't get the benefit of the doubt because of who he is. He's got a nineteen-year-old kid. He is strongly uh, like outdoing what he should be. He is he is very good, mm-hmm. and uh, he. Because of who his grandfather is and the situations and the circumstances that he's afforded, people don't give him the benefit of the doubt. And he's almost not allowed to mess up like that. You know, Sam Mayer is afforded, you know, Sam Mayer, ain't never had had to want for a meal in his life either. You know, he's, he's, he's made it here financially for sure. So, but he's not looked at that way, right? I think there was, there has been talk like, well, you know, he didn't take his helmet off because he never had to buy a helmet. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> Sam Hunt never had a buy or Sam Sam Hunt had a Sam Mayer never had a buyer helmet buy either. So. Yeah. And I don't want to get too far into the weeds with that. Because, yeah, I don't I mean, I'm not trying to look that way. I'm not yeah. trying to like talk about people buying their rides or Oh, right? no, no. no he's no. but
1: the, you you're in the same boat. Well, I see the I see same the fact. same stuff with Ty and you know, Coy and I have become friends now, and like Ty works super, super yes. hard. Regardless of your opinion on this or whatever behind the scenes, Ty is working as hard as anybody I've ever seen. Um, he's a good person. You know, Noel, my wife's father, fought cancer, you know, hard the past year. Um, and Ty, someone that, you know, relatively doesn't even know our family, was constantly checking in, checking in on her, checking in on a family that, you know, he, he really didn't even know. So um, he, he's a good kid. He works super hard. But again, with both of these guys, they're they're nineteen. Remember a, when? No, no doubt. I remember when kids. us three were nineteen. It's
2: yeah. Well, you got to look at too, like the emotions of that moment, right? They're they're in the car for a long time. There's a long red flag. Ty dominated that race. He it was his to lose, right? You're you're talking yourself through how you're gonna how you're gonna win it, what you're gonna do on the restarts, especially a guy like that that puts the work in. Already he got has the, has the a spot plan. picked out for the clock in yeah, the living room. He's got a plan. That's a big race <laughs> that you want to win. Like you want that clock, and it didn't go his way. So obviously he's frustrated. I think the thing that NASCAR is more mad about is the the retaliation after the race where they were running into him. Then when he ran into
3: him on pit road again.
1: Yeah, they frowned upon that. I did see an official go down and yeah. get loaded up in an ambulance.
3: Which they, and that's another aspect of it. Not the official per se, but you hear in the audio of of all of these videos people egging them on too. Yeah, like saying don't take his like mm. you know. You're hearing all of that at the same time while your blood's up. Like what do you? As a 19 year old, what are you going to do in that situation? If you hear somebody say, You'll hit him, you go (laughs) ahead, you're going to hit him. Like, I mean, right, wrong, or indifferent, at 19, somebody tells you you're not going to do something, you're probably going to swing. Dude, that's a tough
2: spot for like a crew guy, right?
3: Because you're as
2: amped up as anybody. You work on the car, and it's like, I learned a lot from the Keselowski, Jeff Gordon thing, seeing people jump into that, and like the camera don't lie. Yeah. Right. You saw a lot of people that, that lost jobs or opportunities because of the way they handled themselves in that situation that maybe had gotten let go from Hendrick and wanted a job at Penske and they didn't get it because of that. And like, dude, I steer
3: clear of those fights. Create a ring. Good luck. Let them have at it.
0: I have one last thing uh, and I'll I'll move on and talk to our guest. Why do we have to break it up so quick? That's like hockey. Let them go to the ground. They're not going to get a juggler cut by a skate.
3: All right. Once, what he, once he lands the second hit to the face, break it up. He almost went down, dude. Yeah. Sam, Sam Hunt, like, he Our connected. Why I keep saying Sam? Sam Mayer it's right there.
2: Because he's sitting right there. Saw, like, <laughs> you could tell he got hit in the face and was yeah. like, uh-oh. Well, he's, That's he, when he's you, even doing
0: his
3: interview. He's like, man, he really hits yeah. like a little bitch. And then just, <laughs> <laughs> his eyeballs all swollen. Work the body. You know, work the body, not the face. This is the moneymaker. Work the body, and then you can. You what know, are you gonna body hey, shot? Yeah, hey, look! <laughs> if you know you're gonna get broken up, you got to go right for the face. Yeah, yeah for sure. You Can't well, go I mean, to the body. That's generally where you're gonna go because if somebody's holding you back. But my
0: question is, why back. is it broken up so fast?
1: Well, Derek went to Anthony after the race, Alfredo, because um, for Derek, it's like, man, I only get a couple. I only get a couple shots at this. I really, he didn't even think he'd have this shot before you know a random opportunity came up. So. You know, he went up to talk to Anthony and was heated. And before he could even talk to him, a crew guy yeah, know, picked him up in. and carried him away. And it's, you know, it's let, like, him, man, let, the boys, let him have a conversation. Boys have
0: at it. Let the boys hash it out. Now, I'm not trying to get punched in the face for <laughs> racing for a 19. No, thank you.
2: But hey. I've been in the racetrack with you where you tried to fight when we were running that bad. Snowball. Man. Yeah. I've been. Oh, bad. yeah. So yeah. I, I'm I with you. Re- I was. Yeah. Re- I mean, hey, hey, so like I'm with perfect
0: you. example. Right. Uh, my stuff breaks, I get driven into, and I'd stomp on the guy's air cleaner like I'm a toddler. Like I'm like my two year old son. <laughs> I'm like, are you really, really about to
2: fight right now? I,
0: in that moment, I would have fought. You fight. Yeah. I would have fought that guy for no Be- reason. Because of, just the you, just of the frustration that builds up. Because of how work mad you, put you in. are. Yeah. Yes. And unless you wore a helmet, unless you've done it yourself, have a very deluded opinion on it because you don't know the full story. Back to you, Mr. Hunt. Where is Sam Hunt
1: racing in five years? <laughs> Maybe on beach somewhere, making <laughs> a mojito. Uh,
0: not, not, owning, not owning a bolt bin, nothing?
1: Uh, no, I. it's getting to a really good place now. I think I, like, you remember how this started. It was like an idea after college to keep me from going to a corporate job sooner than I wanted to. And it was like, I'll try this. This is it'll what makes it'll me buy me college. It'll buy me some time. Oh yeah! You, what did you? Everything I learned in college, in finance, and yes. everything I learned, I'm going against it right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean. so, well, this, f- this is stacking pennies. So,
0: in what ways is spending team owner,
1: pennies? That's today's episode. And what?
0: Yes, st- spending pennies. Spending pennies. What area takes the
1: most pennies to own an Xfinity team? People. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, I think right now, and especially in the Xfinity series like everybody has access to nice cars with the new cup car and hand-me-down cars it's it's not like you can go buy a you go buy a race car at JRM or Hendrick or Gibbs and and all of a sudden you're outclassing everybody it's like everybody has nice equipment now majority of the field is leasing engines now it's not like 2 or 3 years ago where if you leased a good motor you had a more of an advantage than you do now so like, we're at this point to where big team, small team, everybody has, you know, nice cars from good places that were well built. Most people have good motor. Now it's who's putting them together. Obviously, the the Gibbs, the Hendricks, the, the big teams have the in- infrastructure and R&D, you know, wind tunnel time, things we don't have. But I think people is just everything. Does the next-gen car give an opportunity for a guy like you who doesn't own, you know,
0: hundred dealerships and and have a couple Bs in the bank, let alone Ms. Does it even crack the door to potentially owning a unchartered cup car? Is that thing is it even
1: enticing to you to do something like that? See, like I get the question a lot about cup or series, and like I've always said, like I'm not doing this to make X amount of dollars or to race at X level. If I can work with people. I love to be around, and I can compete. What whether that's cup or street stocks, that's where my joy comes from. It's going to be hard to make a living at street stocks, so we're Xfinity racing. But I don't have, you know, necessarily a, a tangible, you know, goal I'm working towards. And I think another part of it is it started, and I didn't. I figured it wouldn't make it two months, and here we are. So like, I never had the five year from now thought it was like, I just want to get to the next race meal, whatever it is. Um, so I get that question a lot more now. I think the new cup car, um, you know, and and I'm not super involved or, and I don't know everything about it, but, you know, I think if say a partner comes in and, and the money's there to, to buy a couple cars, it makes it way more realistic having a smaller operation and, and competing, um, You'd probably have the the perspective over me. Don't do it. I think there's a lot of you know there's a lot of Xfinity teams
2: that kind of run and they run in a, in a manner to where they just um, figure out what they're going to spend and what they're going to make and they just take you know the bottom line and they they don't really make their stuff nice and and you know teach their own. But you're out there. It's kind of a it's you know it's not a real sexy story, but it, but it's a real important one for the sport. You're you know all your stuff is nice. Your pit box is nice. Your apparel's nice. Your cars are nice. The way you present yourself at the racetrack, you're trying to build something. You're not just kind of knowing what you're going to make to show up and and having people pay for it. And it reminds me a lot of, uh, and and this is kind of what I wanted to lead into because we talked a little bit about before, but like Penske does the same way where everything's real nice and you have a pretty funny Penske story.
1: Yeah. So, um, and I really haven't told this story, but maybe to my wife and a couple others, but um, and now all, all three listeners said, yes, yes. Um, So Okay, I think it was my first Xfinity owners meeting. You know, I just gotten the owners hard card. I was new kid on the block, way in over. I mean, I'm in over my head now, but at that point, it was like way in over my head. And um, so I'm at the R and D center, and and Roger Pinsky happened to be. That was, I, I think, the one and only time I've ever seen him at an owner meeting at the R and D center. Um, so here I am, two years ago, new guy on the block, don't know anybody. And Roger comes up to me and asks if I could get him a cup of coffee. So he thought I was the intern working at the R&D center. Um, and that's what I did. I went, I said, how do you want it? Black coffee, you want cream and sugar? And I, I, I didn't even think twice. I just went to the coffee maker, made a cup of coffee, brought it to him and said, hey, by the way, I'm, my name's Sam. I'm starting a Xfinity team. And I'm, you know, going to be racing against you, you know, this year. Enjoy your it coffee. A, yeah, it was a great icebreaker. And he he really enjoyed it, it seemed like. So what were you wearing that made him think that you were the end? Like, what'd you have on? I think at that time, I just had a like a black polo on and some khakis. It was yeah. maybe even like pre-logos embroidered on our shirts. So it it was a pretty generic fit I had on. Um, so I, I didn't blame him one bit. And I'm almost glad he thought I was because... So does he laugh when you say, hey, yeah. here's your coffee"? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, no. I, like, like, give me a Trisket. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do you want me to cook you a steak? Or <laughs> right. like, That's fine. Um, but it, it was really cool because it was, you know, you see, you know, people like Roger Pinsky or Joe Gibbs. And it's like, man, what, how do I break the ice? What, how do I talk to these guys? And uh, he did it for me. So it, yeah. it was like an easy segue into a, a nice, lighthearted conversation. Maybe he knew. He knew. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm gonna, it's a test. I'm gonna, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It was a test. He was, was like the new owner. Do it. I'm going yeah. to break this guy in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. a rite of passage. Yeah. 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 Go get Roger's coffee. <laughs> and from there, the, the projector on the screen, it was like Step Brothers when they do the, like the investment opportunity video. It became me selling to Roger. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had this great opportunity. Yeah. Who
0: do you think, hypothetically, Chuck? If there was an Odor meeting back in 1973, who would be the owner that would ask Roger Penske to get him a cup of coffee?
3: Um, see.
0: Leonard
2: Wood, maybe? Leonard. I, you no, had a good guys, one. Those guys, like. Got their own coffee. No, they were coffee. like, they, they, talking to Eddie and Leonard and them, they, they really respected Roger when he, because they were almost the same age. Okay. So, like, they. Were, I'm trying to think of older guy. Not, yeah, like, a, like, not a, like a
0: knock on Richard, anybody. Like a no. Lee Petty? Yeah, like somebody, like when Roger was new to the yeah. block. Yeah. Smoky eunuch. Yeah. Red
3: Byron? Will's grandpa? Uh, Junior Johnson, uh, maybe one of them. Whole-
0: you didn't get my joke?
3: Well, Red, yeah. <laughs> I got it now. I'm picking yeah. up what you're putting down.
0: William, yeah. William comes from lineage. <laughs> Red is his great, great grandfather. All right, one last thing, Sam. we will let you go because I know you have some Xfinity cars to build and pay for. <laughs> Generally, I ask all the driver guests on here if they could pick one car and one track to race at the rest of their life, what do you, what do you go with? I'm going to ask you this. If you could pick one driver, like of all time, and a car to own at any racetrack, what do you? What combination are you going with?
1: Past or present? Yeah. Dead or alive? Yeah. You know, I I grew up overseas, started racing in the Netherlands, so all I really knew pre two thousand five was Formula One, and Schumacher was like my guy. We. Me and dad, we'd camp out at Spa every year because it was an hour away. And and that was, you know, yes, I think Ferrari was on it at that point. But that was kind of like the first hero of mine, I guess, you know, as a race car driver. So him and that, I'd say that 1998 Ferrari at Spa with the screaming motor, that's like perfection to me. Okay, Um, Love that answer. So, yeah, it's I know it's different. It's not NASCAR. Maybe I'm the, the Jean Girard of the of <laughs> but <laughs> Minus the husband.
0: Minus, Sam, yeah. Sam Hunt, I appreciate you. Keep up the good work, buddy. I'm proud of you. And uh, everybody go root for that 26 or 24 car on a Saturday afternoon because my man right here owns it, and he is grinding away, living the American NASCAR
1: dream. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Appreciate all of you. Talk to you all right after the break.
5: Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more
1: visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Okay, we're back. We swapped out. A great-looking man such as Sam Hunt, and we plugged him in with ice-cold Blue Mountain takes. Jonathan Merriman, welcome back.
4: Thank you, appreciate that.
0: Yeah, nice to see you again. Confidence builder. Yeah, anytime, pal. <laughs> Love your contributions to the show. Did you go to Martinsville this
4: weekend? <clears throat> you would have known if you had me on to open.
3: <laughs> so the answer is no. <laughs> no, I Do you even go to the races anymore?
4: Uh, you know, I dabble a little bit. I watch them, I watch Martinsville from the bed. It was nice. That I, Fox
3: coverage—they've got a lot of good angles. He learns a lot. Yeah, the coverage is excellent. Yeah, it's excellent. You'd be surprised what you can pick up. What you can't pick
0: up if you're not there is hot dogs. Yeah. And you You were you there? You weren't no, there, I Joe. was not there. And I
2: like I You weren't there. I wasn't there. And you don't eat hot dogs. I eat hot dogs, but I didn't pick one of them things
3: up. Dude. They sold out in Enfield. I did see. Let that. me just tell you something.
0: Everybody wants to talk about ruining your stomach and this and that run to the bathroom. If you eat a Martinsville hot dog within like a two mile radius of the track, they go down like a crispy cream hot now. Like like air.
2: You autographed the hot dog this weekend.
0: I I signed somebody's wiener this weekend. Those garage guys are a bit wild. Uh, I spelt wiener wrong because I'm a dipshit. (laughs) (laughs) I before E except after C, Chuck. Uh, But, yeah, I I will say this. uh, I will admit to you guys that I ate four hot dogs after the race. One of which, you know, I was stress eating because we ran terrible. Two, because once they just start going, you can't stop. I feel like Kobayashi in my truck on the way to the house. I was going
3: to say, did your, your, the troubles from the day just melt away as you started eating those hot dogs?
0: Yes. One for every 100 laps of sorrow. <laughs> <It's Sarah. like, laughs>
4: <laughs> I need one more. Like David, <laughs> yeah. like David Pearson taping gum to his dashboard.
3: Uh, he's he's got, got hot
0: dogs, dogs in
4: there. He's like, oh, 100 laps. Here's the oh. They tasted you- better
3: than I remember. Could you do that? No, because you'd have to like puree it. Oh, to get it would it not that. be yeah, good. Yeah. Because you uh, know, open face helmet, maybe uh, you could get by with like duct tape and it's hot, like dogs yeah.
4: hot dogs. Like Dick trickling a cigarette, Corey's just feeding hot dogs through the visor. No visors. thanks.
3: My favorite Wood Brothers story is like them taping the gum up there yeah. and the cigarettes, yeah. and because he had his routine of yeah. it's every cigarette. every hundred laps yeah. or
4: whatever. Yeah,
3: I had to do that for McMurray once. Tape cigarettes? cough drops oh, no, down his
4: leg
2: drops. brace. Yeah, that's a real leg brace. Yeah, he was sick. Did he have No, I think it was. Pretty much well before that, like 2007 <sighs> swine flu. Uh,
0: yeah, the def- SARS maybe. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> we're oh <laughs> we're going down. We're going. We're going. <laughs> we are, anyway. Let's get
4: this thing we're back on
0: the back rails.
3: I,
4: I do have a hot dog. Hot take.
3: He has a hot dog. Oh.
4: If you if you just go to the hot dog stand and get a hot dog plain or put ketchup on it, it's not it same. doesn't count. No, it you're doesn't. not eating a Marsville hot dog. Right. You're just then I'm a out. hot.
0: Dog. Then I'll never eat on dog. That's, That's fair. It's got to have the it's got to have the chili, the onions, and the mustard on, it.
3: and wrapped in the tin foil for a minimum of fifteen minutes before you eat it. No. Yeah.
4: see, you don't want them soggy. You want
3: them. Fr- you but know? there is
4: a difference, though. There
0: is a difference between the garage hot dog stand and the fan hot dog yes. stand.
4: Infield hot dog stand is far superior. I agree with that hundred percent. I don't know
0: if they keep the dogs on the grill a little longer because they're, they're, they're not because they're, they're, they're not turnovers yeah. fast. Crew
4: guys. Crew guys are like, you know, you want know, to we'll talk about hot dogs per gallon, hot miles per hot dog, or whatever. There, MPH is extremely low and inefficient. They go through a lot
2: of hot. If dogs. I ate one of them hot dogs, I'd look like that Xfinity restart. There's, my stomach would be wrecked. Everything. <laughs> Just it's a great transition. It, yes. it was. Let's get into the stuff yeah.
0: that y'all tune in about, uh, because the action was on the track as well as on pit road. Uh, We got into the fight a little bit earlier in this first segment. But, uh, Merriman, what did you think about the interaction?
4: Loved it. Loved every minute. Don't care if he had his helmet on. Don't care if he had his helmet off. No. Somebody got punched in the face. Yep. We had a hell of a race. They had something to race for, $100,000. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty fired up about the whole thing. Well, two guys going hard for it.
0: Sam Mayer joined us on the show last week. He was close, but not close enough. He actually got shipped by Landon Castle into the 54, and both those guys got hung up. And A.J. Allmendinger come and stole that Hundo Grand. So he's eligible next week. I don't know who the other three guys are, to be honest with you. Uh, but Brandon Jones. Brandon Jones. Castle, Landon Castle. Landon Castle.
4: And Riley Hills, Austin Hill going yeah. to
0: Talladega. So that is a toss-up to who is going to take Oh, that's A.J.'s
4: race. Day. That's yeah. A.J.'s race for
2: sure. Sure. Okay.
0: Okay. So that wraps up the Xfinity Series race. By and large, probably the most exciting race of the weekend. We can talk about all the variables, about the cup race, this, that, and the other. Not everyone's going to be a barn burner, Chuck. Eh. Hang on.
3: He looks like he's got something.
4: It just burns me up so bad. Go
3: ahead. I want to hear what burns you up. Let's go. What grinds your gears? What
4: burns your biscuits? Every Martinsville spring race is the same. They're not as exciting as the fall race. It's unreasonable to put that expectation on it because you're racing for an opportunity for eight guys to get cut down to four to go to a championship, right? So the stakes are not as high. And the Xfinity race the night before set us up for that letdown anyways, because you had guys racing for $100,000 and you had people fighting. On top of that, I also don't understand why the end of the stages were so damn good and people were bumping each other and moving each other out of the way, and the cars could get to each other and put put moves on people. And then people say you can't drive them at the end of the race. It just doesn't doesn't compute in my head. Doesn't make sense. Please set me straight, Corey.
0: Well, there is this there is this overarching thought or myth that whatever whichever way the Xfinity series race goes, if that goes wild and crazy and they wreck a bunch of cars, the Cup race is going to go the exact opposite. If the Xfinity race is fairly calm, the, X, the cup guys are sitting in their bus watching it, then they go out and pull the pin on the next day. I believe that's just coincidental, and I don't think it's related unless it's on a speedway. I do think there's something to that because guys are like, oh, hey, cars are driving good. Uh, let's go make some moves. Now, if you see the Xfinity race go wide up 35 cars, lap 10, usually the cup guys are a little more cautious. I will say that's the case for a speedway. Not so much for Martinsville. Uh, we can get into why I think that there was limited passing. The biggest reason is because everybody has the same parts and pieces. There's not a big disparity in in speed now. So if everybody's running relatively the same speed within one or two hundreds, you're not going to pass each other. Like that's just what it is. Good, bad, or indifferent. Tires were hard, right? Tires were hard. I think it it was the same tires, Richmond, which it was also cold. So they don't lay. Some of the the best races at Martinsville come from when the, the right side tires lay rubber down. That's what makes guys have to open their corner up, wait, drive straight off the corner, and you have a couple different varying lines to make some disparity between center of the corner speed and straightaway speed. We didn't see that. It was locked down, 400 laps of, of gripped up heavy, and the Hendrick cars came out of the gate strong again. William Byron gets his clock.
4: But you have people passing and bumping the leader to try to get a lap back at the end of the stages. Like, the end of those stages, if you go back and watch them, the end of the stages were exciting. I
2: want to, I want to forget about it. And they were good. Yeah, I wanted to forget. Yeah, I mean.
4: That's what see? I get so where, frustrated with.
2: Where was? Where did William Byron make the pass for the lead? Pit Pitt Road. Oh, jeez. Like oh, man. Guys. See this. What good. do you think about maybe taking the diffuser off at of Short Tracks? Would that help anything? I've, I've heard that take a little bit. I, I mean, don't know. That, like that's, that's stuff that, you know, you got to understand this is their first year with – A car going to a track with the concrete corners and stuff and if you look at 2008 when it was the first time we went to indy with the cot car it was a debacle right so you don't want that i'd rather take a 400 mile race with green flag stops in martinsville than pitting every 11 laps and people destroying their race cars because the tire was too soft so that is we've learned from those mistakes and yeah i mean i've done green flag pit stops in martinsville before it's nothing new it's it is
0: nothing and, new. I don't love shifting though. I'll just go ahead and bring that up. out hand, of left Your field. hand hurt. Well, see that blister right yeah, there. Oh yeah, that is a real life blister, Chuck. Ooh. nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Yeah, but Martinsville did. Clearly, the race car did. Clearly did four four times a lap for four hundred laps. Well, my I was like seven laps down. So three hundred ninety two, uh, three hundred ninety three laps. That was a lot of shifting, which I think that played into uh, the lack of passing too, because it allowed some guys. Uh, every it allows everybody to miss the corner slightly and to just push it down in gear and recover. Uh, because Martinsville is a place where your center, center corner RPM is crucial to how much you launch off the corner. And the fact that you could push it down in gear and you had to jump and you didn't have to be so precise with how much throttle application, how much brake pressure you had in the middle of the corner, I think that was a slight factor into it as well. So how do they fix it? Rear gear? Just a drop gear. Um, you know, we brought a six- 620 rear gear there for the last two or three years and the fourth gear was a 580 the third gear was a 700 so there was nothing in between i think the nascar can look at that going back uh, and close that gear ratio because i don't think they want people shifting either
4: well and that's the thing too that makes me so that really gets me so irritated it's like it's our first time going here like you don't think that they're going to look at some of this stuff and Tweak it for the. It's the first year of this car, the first time they've been on this yeah. track. Like, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. If it wasn't that, they'd be fussing about something else. It just, I don't know. It just gets old to me. That's why I get off Twitter.
2: I agree with you, Hunter. Like, if Joey Logano roots William Byron out of the way, is a good race. Absolutely. Yeah, everybody freaks
4: if, out. Yeah. If the Xfinity race didn't have the fight or the hundred thousand dollar drama at the end, people would make fun of it for being a shit show because of so many cautions.
3: I generally have like Twitter up when I'm watching the race, just to kind of see what's being said and like people are like oh this is a snooze fest already and it's like you know last stage if something happens you're going to forget all about that It gets old and but with this race like you said it these happen these races happen and majority of those cars walked away unscathed and you don't have to so for teams is that not a good race I mean if you're not having
2: to repair things it's for for me like I yeah. got a dime in it I'll fix it if it's broke but like I've never been to Martinsville, and done three stops in the Cup Series, and like, that's a place you go. You think you're going to do eight stops? Yeah. It's it's somewhere that's really challenging the pit. Um, we were in Pit Stall Two, which is hard, like, one of the hardest pit boxes there, and we, we had a really good day. And I, you know, I was I was upset because I thought we were going to pit there on that last yeah. caution. And we didn't because we wanted another one. It's always good to good to like want more, but uh, but yeah, when it when it dips
3: down in the 30s, man, I was ready to get out of there, and, and that. Martinsville, always, there's always Martinsville, Bristol, there's always one where like something bites you with the it's either cold, snows, sleet, mountains, man. Yeah. My hair was like a
0: snowflake catcher before the race. I had like tough people were sending me pictures of like snowflakes in my hair. (laughs) It's like a dream catcher, but with snowflakes. Let's go on and throw a little uh, love over to Henrik Motorsports because they've won half the races this year,
2: Chuck. And they dominated that race. They dominated that yes. race. How did the nine car get back, lose track
3: position? Uh, once he lost the lead, he just wasn't very yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was one the thing they were talking about on Backseat Drivers earlier this week is that the difference between Chase and Byron was that Chase or Byron was constantly up there in, in second and was able to make the moves he needed to make on the track. When Chase got Meyer back, he just wasn't able to yeah. get back to where he was. That's, that's a what Blaney said, too. It's a
4: dangerous thing. What? William Byron being a multi-time winner in the sport, how's that dangerous? How's it dangerous? It's dangerous for everybody else holding steering wheel. I think why? Because I think he's cracked the code with Rudy, and he's figuring something out. Because look, and I don't mean this in a in a bad way, right? Like the dude is he a locksmith? He's a robot. He can. I feel like he is. He can repeat every. You know what I mean? Like he just gets in a rhythm. He'll hit everything. Like he just seems like the type of dude who's like perfect and doesn't make a ton of mistakes once he clears it and doesn't make mistakes.
0: I think that, uh, I think that he is a next gen driver of sort where he is like probably the first prominent guy to have success in the cup series that started on iRacing yeah. on a computer. You know, like I do think that is what driving on the computer with no feel in your butt. Ha- you have to be precise with your visual cues. So I think this car really warrants consistency. Like to your point, and William Byron has enough confidence now. They have got the cars handling well, and the three-year rule is what everybody always says about how long it takes for you to figure the cup series out. I believe William Byron right is right in the thick of that. Uh, so,
4: and I don't mean anything bad by calling him a robot. I just mean he's like, no, no, he's yeah, very consistent. No. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't
0: backtrack.
2: Yeah, don't.
4: I mean, stand by your
3: word. No. So,
2: but what the other thing he's doing is racing a lot more. Right? Yeah. He's racing super late model races. He won at. Uh, uh, New Smyrna, and he won at Hickory. Spire he truck race. Spire. Yeah, I say, how important was that truck race on Friday? I mean, you look at, you know, he, hurt. Won, he won the truck race in that thing, and then he won, you know, on Sunday. You look at Alex Bowman, about won the truck race at Coda in that thing, and about won the the uh, cup race on Sunday. But, yeah, I wonder, and then he announced today that he's running a dirt late model uh, this Thursday
3: Work for at Kyle Larson's deal, so. So he's going to be able to tell twice as much time now because he's got two of the grandfather clocks. Mm, Shut up. <laughs> That's a terrible joke.
0: Oh. Terrible joke. Except one. What else we got from Martinsville? We're going to get into Bristol dirt here. After pit road boats and woes, we got a couple different things. Mechanics wear stats and Red Byron's grandson, William Byron. No winning in the
3: race off pit road. Huh? Of, of no relation. Just so. so is he like next gen bill now? Like, is that his... Uh, wild Bill. Wild Bill. Yeah. Next-gen cowboy. I'll tell
2: you what, <laughs> I, I'd have lost money if if uh, I picked what Hendrick driver would be winless right now. That's for sure. For sure. Awesome. Chase from the same
0: place looking for that first win. Does he find it this weekend at Bristol,
2: Merriman? No. Huh? He is the points leader, though, so it hasn't been terrible. Well,
4: that's like perception is, is bizarre, right? Yeah. Oh, Chase can't close. Chase can't do this. Chase... The dudes winning stages and the dudes leading the damn points.
3: Leading and points. yeah. You look at the tracks coming
2: up. Well, you look at, I, I saw a stat today of the fastest laps like over the race. And the two guys that have clocked the, that have the best average are Planey and Joey Logano.
3: They just got to put it together. Right. Two guys that haven't won a race yet. But you got like what? Tal- after Bristol, Talladega, Dover, Kansas, Charlotte, Darling- Darlington. Like these are all places like, if Chase doesn't have a win by July, we
4: go to twenty-seven. Then I, yeah, okay,
3: game. I'm I'm yeah. raising a red flag, but like right now with the way the competition's been, I'm not worried about him at all. He will get a win.
4: I sat through enough seasons watching Jimmy Johnson kick everybody's ass after going through a slump, playoffs hit. Yeah. All of a sudden, him and Chad just
3: literally light a fire. Tony Stewart, yeah. same type of deal. So, like, one thing I one thing I thought was impressive this
2: weekend that might not get touched on is the. Uh, Trackhouse struggled last week at Richmond. Looked like they were struggling again this week, and then Ross Chastain figures out a way to finish in the top five. So that that shows to me that that team is stronger, right? It's it's easy to be good when things are going good, but you know, Richmond it looked like okay, the streak might be over, and they, they ran not great all day. And to, to dig themselves out and run in the top five shows me that they do have you know what it's capable to go deep into the playoffs.
0: Well, is it coincidence that the one car's top of the impact scores right now? No, and they've started off hot for sure. So obviously, uh, having a solid picture crew that gains you spots each and every stop can help you get better track position, especially on a racetrack like Martinsville, where it's hard to pass. So let's break that down right here in Boats and Woes.
5: After this, I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes.
4: There really is no place like home.
5: And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place.
0: Time for Pit rub Boats and Woes. I am here with front tire changer of Austin Sendrix, Ford
2: Mustang, my good buddy Ryan Flores. What's up? P2 on the weekend. When I uh, talked to you the other day, you were first. I was a lock for P1, but what happens on the mechanics where numbers is they, uh, over a certain number, they throw it out. So it gets your best body of work. And uh, the 11 car did a 13. I don't know if they had an adjustment or what they were doing. Mm. But, yeah, they were a 10.2 and we were 10.22. So second week in a row, the 11 car wins the duel on pit road. But the real winner is on pit road with a 24 car. Why is that? Because they, that's where they got the lead. The, the nine struggled pulling the right front off um, all, all day, more or less. The first stop was good, and then we were next to them, and I could just tell that there was something going on there. I don't know if it was their droop or There's a lot of talk on the pins of the back of the wheel and the heat. We were a little nervous about um, going to Martinsville with the brakes getting hot and then it being cold out, so everything gets hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold. It tends to um, almost tighten up or swell. Uh, I don't know what they had going on, but in pit stall one to, to lose the lead, that's a, that's a tough one for, you know, a top five pick crew for the year. But, uh, but yeah, the 24 guys, I think there's been some, they, they have talked Rudy's talked about needing to get their guys better. And I think there's been a lot of talk from cliff. I heard last week kind of talking about guns and, and what we're going to do moving forward. So it was good for that pit department to get a win. How much leeway is there on guns? Uh, so there's, so here's, here's where the talk is on guns right now. The gun that we have gets lug nuts really tight. If one thing this gun does, it gets lug nuts really tight. If you over tighten your lug nut, it takes longer to take it off. So guys are trying to be quicker to not tighten it so much. And that's where you're getting in trouble seeing some fall off. Mm. So that is, there, there's a lot of talk about D10s, uh, which is there on the end of the, on, when you put the wheel on, Put the nut on, it's like a castle nut, it slides over, there's two D10 buttons that pop out that keep the, the uh, nut from spinning off. Yep. Places like um, Martinsville, where you slow down and then you launch and the, the wheel's always kind of spinning on the splines, it'll back that nut against that D10, it'll hold it up, so it'll be hard to put the wheel on. Justin Fiedler is one on Twitter that you can go see, he's got some videos of that. And um, that. These are all kind of concerns that have popped up. But uh, but no pit stops this weekend at the dirt race, so I'm just going to watch you on TV Sunday night. Mm. I'm sure you're not going to miss that. Uh, I went last year. We'll invested a lot of time with Joey. Won the race, and I'm good calling it a career. One for a one. Crystal dirt race, yep. Yeah. Got the sword in the office. Just look at that and be happy. You were a...
0: We had one co- We had one car owner on the show earlier. You yourself were a dirt modified
2: owner. Yes, not anymore. If I was a financial major in college, I would have not done that. That that is true. All right. Well, that's all we got for pit road boats and woes. Yeah, not too much drama in a three pit stop race. But race one on pit road, and we'll have a recap of the first uh, of the the first what was it nine or ten races here after Bristol. There will be nine races,
0: and there will be certainly some woes on dirt this weekend. Uh, Hopefully, I'm not one of those woes. Hopefully, we have a good day. Uh, I will talk to you all right here in two seconds. We are getting dirty this weekend at Bristol Sunday night, Easter Sunday at 7 p.m. on Fox. Merriman, what are you looking
4: forward to for dirt being on Bristol? Bristol. Uh I don't i I enjoyed it last year. I think, you know, the the reason we're doing it at night is the track will retain a little bit more water, won't be as dusty, will be a little bit more enjoyable for the fans. Um but I liked what I saw, liked what I saw out of the short clip we posted uh on NASCAR social media channels of Friesen text testing the next gen car. Um It looked like it was getting it. it. he was getting it. It was sideways, it looked good, so I'm just excited to see how it's how it's gonna play out. I mean I think any time we have an unknown variable, I think the racing's always interesting. Doesn't mean it's good. Doesn't mean it's bad. But I enjoyed it. Yeah. I know some people don't like the experiment. I know some people want to move away from that. But I enjoyed last year. Looking forward to this year. Uh, trucks and Cup.
3: Chuck, what do you think? I'm in the exact same boat. Uh, like Being there last year was one of the coolest uh, racing experiences that I've been a part of getting to watch it from just about every spot in that bowl from on the ground in the turn and in one and two to up in the highest part of uh the stands up top and got dusty as all all hell when it started rising. So the nighttime stuff I think is gonna it will help. I think it's gonna make a fun show for the fans. You know, I'm excited to see what happens. It's gonna be a hard Monday going to work, yeah. Well. It'll be a late one for sure. It's Easter Sunday, so a lot of folks will have that Monday off. We will not. I will. I took it off. Uh, you will. I, I will be heading back from the track and doing some work.
0: Well, obviously, there we have several dirt track heavy guys who continue to uh, cut their teeth on dirt while simultaneously running the Cup Series. Um, Kyle Larson is obviously the the most notorious one, but there are guys like Chris Bell— uh, Ricky Stenhouse, who runs runs a midget often, who r- finished runner-up uh, at the Bristol race last year. Chase Briscoe is somebody I think people forget about being super savvy on dirt, won the Eldora truck race. Darrell Wallace, uh, Bubba Wallace won the Eldora truck race as well. And don't forget about Tyler Reddick, grew up racing dirt, late model, so he's no slouch uh, to the dirt stuff as well. Out of those guys, without picking Larson, who do you think runs the best?
4: I got somebody you didn't name, I'll throw in there. Who? Briscoe. Yeah, he did. He, said I, I literally just yeah, said yeah, he literally I said Chase Briscoe for not winning. Second. Yeah, for, for winning. I'm
3: going to leave now. And your defense, you to, <laughs> Sam you Hunt's still
4: here? <laughs> 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 did you name Austin Dillon? No. That's
3: the one that's, the one that's the one I thought you were going
2: with, yeah. and I'd agree with that.
0: Yep. So he won the Dirt Late Mile race at Bristol last year when we raced at about 2 o'clock in the morning. But he's no slouch. He ran Dirt World Outlaw, Dirt Late Mile Eldora winner too. El well, Dora Truck Series winner, the first one as well. So has it, some momentum. Has some momentum. Strong run. Third place, fourth place. Third place. Third place finish in Martinsville. sure he's got the confidence high headed in there. I
4: is your confidence high after you butcher a restart like that though? Oh my god. What <laughs> I'm 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 asking from a driver's mental perspective. If you botch a restart like that at Martinsville with a chance to win. What do you what do you botch what? about it? He spun the tires. He couldn't. He couldn't get to Byron's back bumper.
0: Well, you were on old tires, man. Sometimes you just. I mean, try but to what? But
4: it. how? How long does it sit in the memory bank? Like,
0: right until the paycheck hits. That first
2: hot dog. Got a First
4: hot dog. Fast. That's a fair question. I'm not trying to be. A you got to forget
2: about it. No. I mean, that's something that be we. Goldfish, man. It's something we learned quite a bit. We talk with you know we have a sports psychologist We talk about and we talk about failing fast. Hey, we failed. Get over it. Next one's coming. Right? Pit stops. If you suck, you can't. Every think day about
4: of my it. life. Today's April 12th. So,
2: <laughs> well, no. it's Ours is fail fast. Yours is fail often. And <laughs> <laughs> Fail it. often, fail fast, <laughs> fail cold. Um, well, let's just name the five
0: guys who led some laps there last year. We'll keep an eye on them. Denny Hamlin led one. Right. Bush led seven. Martin Truex, who also won the truck race the day before. He was strong, led 126. Daniel Suarez, who's my sleeper pick this weekend, and Joe Logano obviously was the one holding the sword at the end of the night. Do we think Logano, what's the chances of him going back
4: to back, Joe? I he he's a type of dude though, anything that's so out of the norm or weird, he succeeds at. Yeah. Clash, bristle yep. dirt. Doesn't matter. You yeah. put these damn things on Lake Lloyd. He's going to win the race. Well,
0: he's running the truck race, so he's going to have a little extra seat time there. Going to be yeah. more. He's going to be more prepared than he was last year. And so he's coming, why off not? Of a,
3: he's coming off of a good. If if you take momentum into it, he's coming off of a good run at Martinsville. I could I could see it. I don't I I don't think that's going to be. I don't think he's going to win again. I don't think it's going to be back to back. I think you're going to get somebody new. I really like the Suarez pick. Like I feel like he's. I feel like that this could be it.
0: Well, Trackhouse certainly has been uh, building some fast cars, and they have figured out what makes these things have some mechanical grip. I, don't, I think that car setup will be a big factor in who can you know, make these things grip the dirt the best. Uh, there was a lot more than that than I expected last year in terms of just cars driving way faster than others. Um, so I think you are going to see some of that. Guys who have the best driving car, surprisingly, will be in contention to win. Uh, I don't think that's going to be... uh, I don't think that's going to be unlike any other race anywhere else. So I think it'll be a good show. It's not the most excited I've been going to a race, to be honest with you. I like Bristol with concrete on it rather than dirt, but somebody's going to win.
3: Hey, you got a shout out from Kyle Petty saying you could be a dark horse sleeper pick there, bud. But your your day ended early last year yeah we got
0: caught up because you literally couldn't see where you're going got caught up in a wreck somebody spun out and we clocked into them but it's going to be a lot different this
2: year i believe yeah you know, it's going to be 50 degrees may maybe mid 50s when they race when at night when it gets yep. cool like that it pulls moisture back up through the track it's progressive banked mm-hmm. we have a different car obviously last year it turned uh, you know i sat down in the corner and took slow motion video Uh, through practice and it kind of turned into like an old school, bumpy, short, like asphalt, short, around the bottom, around the bottom, who can be disciplined, who can get their stuff to turn. Yep. And, and that's why I think Joey was really good at it. Yep. So, so, uh, so yeah, I think, I think more dirt experience is going to help you this, this go around, be able to maneuver around.
0: I agree. And reading, reading the dirt to me is like reading Braille. So I'm going to have to study up on that this week as much as possible to see which way the moisture and the grip goes. And that's all I got here on Bristol Dirt. Tune in this week to see who takes the sword at Bristol. Janie, Penny for your thoughts, what we got. Okay, Janie, penny for your thoughts. We got a couple good ones this week. What do you got? We do. We have two good ones. The first one is coming from Cod Jr., 726, and he asks is the 80 horsepower difference partially to blame for the short ovals being lackluster this season? I think lackluster is a bit opinionated, but um, yes, this car is 200 pounds heavier than last year's car, as well as 80 horsepower less. Uh, so the power to weight ratio is quite a bit lower than, than the previous car. There are some other factors that factor in with it, but if there's less fall off because you can't spin the tires as aggressive, then uh, you will have a little bit of that. So yes, um, now it's also, there's a lot more variables than just saying open the tapered spacer up and give these boys 900 horsepower. I don't think that's an option. Uh, but yes, that is one of the multiple pa- factors that we have not seen a whole lot of excitement on the short ovals yet this season, which NASCAR has a lot of levers. They're going to continue to turn and twist and pull to try to give you guys the best possible product for us to drive as well as put on a good show for the fans.
1: And our second question is Bristol related. David wants to know
0: what our teams doing in preparation for Bristol to keep the grill opening clean and free of dirt to avoid overheating the engine? I actually have no idea, but we're going to do some sort of segment on the dirt changes this week at the shop. I saw an email for that. So be on the lookout on NASCAR.com. It probably lives on the NASCAR YouTube page for what is going to change for dirt because there's quite a bit difference in terms of the uh rocker boxes on the side. They're not carbon fiber, they're aluminum. The entire under belly pan is aluminum
2: and or the old splitter material uh just to protect that diffuser and some other stuff as Can well. Can you is it open to the teams what you do for grill opening and uh inside? Because that's that's ultimately what took Kyle Larson out of this race last year. Before before he, he overheated. Yeah and that's I what that's why out. I lost track position because of the stuff they had inside their ductwork got caked with dirt.
0: That'll certainly be something to watch because all the inlet for the engine as well as the radiator come through the front. And that's the first thing to collect some mud when the track is heavy. So hopefully I am not the culprit of a clogged inlet. That would stink. Great questions as always. Keep sending them in. Penny for your thoughts. And one last thing, Penny Stacker of the Week is a big honor, Chuck. And this week, that honor goes to Cameron from Ontario, who shouted at me from pit wall while i was taking a lap before the race and he said he drove all the way from ontario canada 13 hours to martinsville virginia you comment on your hair or just uh... on the show fan i think he bought a t-shirt hey. at the at the damn merchandise tent so kudos to cameron i hope you had a safe ride appreciate you listening to stacking pennies and you sir are the penny stacker of the week make sure you tune in next week you do not want to miss the 2022 throwback scheme on my hot rod it is awesome i'm pumped up to share it with you guys it's something we've been working on for a couple weeks now and it looks smoking so tune in right here for the release you do not want to miss it right here on stagging pen and i hope you guys have a great week and stack all the pennies we'll talk to you after bristol dirt don't get too dirty tune in sunday night seven o'clock